Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I came from, I grew up on a ranch called the Rocker B Ranch. It has been in the Western Horseman a couple of times, and it was not in the Western Horseman while I was there, I assure you. They show pictures of it, and they've got these big, nice round pens and everything. You know, we were, we were breaking horses in, in uh, square pens that were, you know, nine-wire barbed wire and stuff like that. But we had, you know, when you're new to a ranch, you always get, everybody has to give up a horse so you can have your string of horses. Well, we had the most nod-headed horses in the world. And um, one day we were gathering cattle on the Rocker Bee. The Rocker Bee is about 276 square miles of ranch. And um, we were in this big pasture, and it's just chock full of mesquite and everything like that. And um, so we're riding along, and I see my dad. You know, I'm flanking my dad. My dad's, you know, he's a quarter of a mile over there. You just catch glimpses and everything. And I had come up on this little rise. And, you know, it's a mountain that we call in West Texas. It was on a mountain top, And... Um, Anyway, we, we get up there, and I look, and these cattle are, are trying to get around Dad. And so Dad's loping over through there, and he's on this big streak-faced sorrel horse named Streak. And um, so I'm watching him to see if he's going to get uh, get out in front of these cattle and everything. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching him, and he's loping along, and he's looking at these cattle, and he kind of picks up speed. I'm watching him, and all of a sudden, he is just... Hell bent for leather. Out here across this pasture. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing? And I'm just sitting there watching. And I'm thinking he's fixing to die. I really do. I think he's fixing to die. And I mean, he's running through there. He's not even watching the cattle anymore. And I'm thinking, is Streak really running away with him? Or, you know, what is the deal? And so anyway, he finally gets over there and gets Streak shut down and gets the cattle turned and everything like that. And uh, (laughs) anyway, we get to the pens and I was like, what were you doing? That's the connection on my deal that's doing that. It's not the sound guy. He's about had to have a fit because it's not his fault. I promise you, it's mine. And um, anyway, I asked him, I said, what were you doing? He goes, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, I saw it. He goes, so I'm riding along and Streak doesn't go around anything. He goes right through everything. And he said, I'm trying to get in front of those cattle and I'm looking and I see this mesquite and so I look up, because Streak will just go right through a mesquite bush, and you have to watch him. He said, I looked up, and all of a sudden, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because there was a wasp nest about this big, head high. He said, I had just enough time to say the entire Lord's Prayer like an auctioneer, and duck my hat in those, and I, I hit that wasp nest square on. He said, they were a tad bit upset. (laughs) And he said, I had wasps all around me, and he said, I just wanted to get out of there, and he said, I just spurred streak on. I said, you're lucky you wasn't killed with all the prairie dog holes and everything like that. And he goes, I suddenly had the faith of a child. (laughs) And I said, well, obviously. Obviously. Today I'm going to bring you all a short message about an unstoppable force. Just like a horse running wild through the pasture, or even the, the uh, giddy-up you can get whenever you're uh, getting attacked by a wasp or whatever, there are three unstoppable powers that we all possess that not many people think about. 
The first one is the power of prayer. Just like when Dad was fixing to hit that, he knew that the only thing that could save him was a prayer, and it was God. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and, thanks, and thank Him for all He has done. Do we actually do that? Do we have that kind of prayer life? Do we know that in any situation, the first place we need to go to is God? Bar none. Just go to God in the very beginning. He knows what we need. And in James 5.16, the Apostle James, because it's James. Come on, guys! James, in 5.16, he says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. And that's what we need to understand. You know, a lot of people go to prayer as a last resort. It should have been the first thing. I mean, we have all heard that, and possibly all of us at some point in our life, we have said it. Well, I guess now all we can do is pray, right? We should have been doing that in the very beginning. Don't wait for the wasp nest to hit you in the noggin before we start going to God in prayer. He knows what you need already. How many of us as parents has ever had one of our children come up and say, uh, Dad, you know exactly what they want. You know exactly what they want. And sometimes you're waiting on them to tell you, to answer that. God does the same thing. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, he said the earnest prayer of a righteous, or uh, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. James says the prayer of an earnest uh, righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered like we think they should, but they always get answered just like we need. And in John, the Apostle John, because John, um, he says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus is actually saying this. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Now, do you think that that is an open, uh, uh, a blank check? Jesus is like, hey, man, you know, I'm your God and genie. All you got to do is just pray and I'll give it to you. No, he's talking about the things, if you ask for anything in my name. In other words, anything you ask me for who I am and the purpose that I came for. The commandments that I've given you. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about anything. James says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And John, Jesus said, through John, you can ask anything in my name and it will be given unto you. We're constantly dodging hornet's nests. And although we sometimes hit them square on, the true power of prayer can keep you from getting stung. Do we know to go to God in the very beginning? Don't wait. Go to Him first. The second power that we have is the power of a childlike faith. In Matthew 18, 2-4, says this, Jesus called the little child to Him and put the child among them. Now, you know, a lot of times we just read the Bible. I want you to picture with me, you know, Jesus calls a little kid over and puts him up on his knee, right? Can you picture that? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, 
you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become like little children. I had a guy ask me one time, well, if we're supposed to become like little children, then aren't we supposed to grow? And I said, I think we all have the perfect faith whenever we're a child and then the world gets in the way and we spend the rest of our lives trying to get that back. It continues on in verse 4 where Jesus says, So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, I've never, as many times as I've read that, I've never really sunk in unless you become humble like this little child. I mean, I'm sorry, but my son is not humble. You know, and, and, and it's not an attitude that we as adults consider what is humility It's not an attitude, it's a livelihood of dependence upon your father. You you can't act humble. I mean, you know, because anybody can act a certain way. Are you truly humble? And the humility that Jesus is talking about is the dependence upon his father. My son, my daughter, they depend upon me. They know that I'm going to take care of them in any situation. They know that it might be scary. They may know not that they're not going to get exactly what they want every single time, but they know that they can depend on me, that I will never, ever leave their side. And that's the humility that Jesus is talking about. Not an attitude. It's a livelihood of dependence. Most of the time, our lives feel like an all-out run through the mesquite. The true power of a childlike faith will keep the humble out of the prairie dog holes of life. True power. How often do we always wait on, on, on the last, you know, well, we've got a problem, all we can do now is pray. Well, we've been going through this, and I'm going to ask you now for your prayers. No, we should be doing that in the very beginning. And you know what? Jesus said, "What will wor- worry won't add one single minute to your life. And yet, what do we do all the time? I can tell you this, that my son is never worried about anything. Even when his mama is like, get up, we got to go to the cowboy poetry gathering. He's like, eh, it'll be all right. I know, you know, he's not worried about anything. But yet, we, I mean, we get here, me and Victoria are freaking out over everything. And everything's going to turn out just fine. Why? Because God's in charge and we're going to depend upon Him, not upon our own works. When you leave here today, I don't want you to leave here and just say, I went to Cowboy Church. When you leave here today, I want you to make yourself conscious that in everything that you do, start it off with a prayer. Not just the problems. How about the thanksgiving? How about the morning? Jesus said if you, want to, if you want to pray, He said go into the closet and spend time by yourself where it's just you and your Father. Don't pray in front of everybody so that everybody can see how righteous you are. Everybody gets sick of me saying this, but whenever before I became a preacher, we were going to this little Baptist church, nobody leave, and... Uh, We went to a Baptist church. And uh, my wife played the piano and everything, and she would, uh, she would have to get on to me because, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, guys. You know, she would say, hey, get up, time for church. And I'd, <laughs> I don't feel good, honey. That was my heart. It's what my heart does. She's like, get up. If you die, we'll already be at church. We'll just throw your funeral in. <laughs> but I remember that this one guy, and I'm not criticizing him, I'm not. 
But there was this one fella that uh, I loved to hear him pray. I wouldn't even bow my head. You know, I was like a little kid. And uh, I'd just watch him pray because when he would pray, he would be like, Dear Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that Thou hast come into our lives, Heavenly Father, and Thou hast anointed us, Heavenly... I didn't understand a word he said, but it sounded cool. Guys, you don't... I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But you know what? Jesus is riding right beside you. You can just reach over, say, Hey, Jesus, can I talk to you about something? Sure. Man, I'm just having a hard time with this. And I know this is going to sound like whining or, or griping, and I, and I don't mean to, God, but, you know, I mean, the bagels are just too stale at work. <laughs> now, why somebody would eat a stale donut, I don't know. But anyway, you see what I'm saying? Just, just go talk to God. You don't have to have all of this propriety, and there's nothing wrong with it. But become in a constant state of prayer. Learn to have a childlike faith. To depend on God for everything. And I promise you, whenever we came up here, just like Barry said that God stopped him beside that river and and said, hey, you need to do what I'm telling you to do. You think it's scary? Yes, it is. I left the ranch that my granddad, I mean, I was third generation on this ranch. That was my entire dream, was to raise my kids on my ranch. Man, I had two jobs, all from home, plus the ranch, plus I was a pastor. (laughs) Folks, things were great. It was good. It was real good. And then God said, would you trade all of what you want for what I want? No, I won't. (laughs) He said, yes, you will. And just like a horse, he just stuck his finger in right here. And he said, if you want to relieve that, if you want to step away from that, then you're going to have to step in the direction I tell you to go. And God spoke to me through Barry and Victoria's daughter. He said, come on, come with me. She went to Germany when she was 18 years old to be a a nanny in a country that she didn't know. She was an 18-year-old girl. I was worried about moving from Texas to Colorado. I was like, if she's got that kind of faith, I mean, surely I can move there. And I did, and it's been fantastic. Dad had a problem with streak. He had a problem with streak because of hornet's nests. Another time, Dad was riding streak, and, and for the life of me, I believe that it was in the same pasture. I really think this this was in the same pasture. And Streak had a bad habit of throwing his head, and his head was about this big. It was uh, He was half blue whale, half horse, <laughs> and his head was like this big, and you had to, you know, we used a belt as a bridle because it was the only thing that would fit the big-headed son of a gun. And anyway, Dad was riding along, and he tried to pull Streak up, and most of the time Streak didn't want to pull up, but for the first time in his life, Streak hit the brakes and threw his head up, and the only thing I see is my dad flyswatter his face off of Streak's head. Bah! And he shook his head, his head got knocked off, and he wasn't looking at me because he didn't know I was watching. And he looked at me, and I mean, blood was just going everywhere. And I went, ugh. And I rode on. And then later when we got to the pens, I said, how was your ride? And he said, oh, it was, it was all right. It was all right. I tried to adjust this thing before I got up here, and that's what I get for it. 
I said, did you break your nose? He's like, who told you? Did you see that? <laughs> Swollen. But another time, and it was on streak, he was riding through. And in West Texas, the mesquite doesn't get big like it does in the hill country. It's more like mesquite bushes. But every once in a while, in a little draw, you'll get a big mesquite. And big mesquites have thorns too. And he was loping off through there on streak, trying to get in front of some cattle. And he had a mesquite thorn go all the way through his shaps and break off underneath his kneecap. Now, if you've never been around mesquite, mesquite has like a little poison, a little bit of poison or something. I don't know if it's poison. It's not like, you know, cyanide or anything like that. But the next day, I mean, I had to help him dig this thorn out from underneath his knee, which was great. And, um, you know, cowboys are the only ones that celebrate their pain. And um, so I helped him dig it out. And I said, dude, that's going to be sore. And he's like, I know. Next morning, he gets up for breakfast. He walks in there and his knee is about that big around. He can't even hardly get his britches on. And I said, dude, you just need to stay home. And he's like, I can't. He said, I got a job to do. And I said, Dad, come on, man. I'm all about being tough. But, you know, th- there's a limit. No, nobody's going to call you a sissy because your knee is this big around and you've got a mesquite thorn up under your kneecap. He's like, it don't matter. He said, the minute I stop getting up is the minute that I open the door to all kinds of excuses for not getting up again. And that's the third thing that I wanted to tell you. The most powerful things that are often overlooked is the power of prayer. Is the power of a childlike faith. Not some macho, machismo faith. I'm talking about a faith of a child. And the third thing, unstoppable power is a man that can get up after he's been knocked down no matter what it is. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7-9, through Paul says that exact same thing. He says, We now have this light shining in our heart, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Now you have to understand what Paul is saying. He said the great treasure is like in a fragile clay jar. We are that great fragile jar. Jesus is the great treasure. It's not us that's tough. It's God. It's the great treasure inside of us. He says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. And then he says this, We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. How is a man truly able to get up? And when I say man, let me make one thing clear, okay? If I can be part of the bride of Christ and be thrilled with that, a woman can be part of mankind, okay? So a lot of times I don't say cowboy and cowgirl, and I might say man, I'm talking to everybody, okay? How is it that a man is truly able to get up? By knowing that the power to do so is God's, not ours. Here's another question. Is it normal for Christians to be under this kind of stress? I mean, there, there, there's some preachers on TV, and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing them, I'm just making a point. There's some preachers on TV that'll tell you, all you got to do is come to Christ, and man, your bank accounts will get filled up, you'll get a promotion at work, you'll get this, you'll get that, and you'll get this. And you know what? You might. I, I'm not saying that you might not. 
God wants to bless us, okay? I, I have no problem with that. But there's another side of it too, because you know what? When you start doing things for God, you got a bullseye on your chest. And I tell you what, that devil's a good shot. Is it normal for Christians to be under this kind of stress? Yes. But we know that it can't crush us. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We may get confused sometimes, but we don't ever get lost again. Does it ever feel like this world is out to get you? That no matter what you do, you know, you just, you know, you, you pick between the rattlesnake and the Komodo dragon sometimes? I think we've all felt like that. I know Barry's felt like that. I know I have felt like that, so I know you have felt like that. Does it ever feel like the world is out to get you? We are no longer part of this world, folks, and it's time that we understand that. This world will hunt you down. It says so in verse 9. It says, we are hunted down but never abandoned by God. Think about that. We are hunted down but never abandoned. We get knocked down, but God will give us the power to rise every time, even when you die. For by the same power that God rose Jesus Christ, His one and only Son, from the dead, for those that believe in Him, not even death can knock this cowboy down. That same power that rose Him on the third day that same true power is available to each and every one of y'all who call on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Throw out all of the rules. All of this, well, Christians got to do this and you can't do that. Throw all that out because there's only one way to heaven and that is the narrow gate. That is Jesus Christ. There is no back door. There's no side door. You can't slip under the fence like a coyote and you can't jump over it like a deer. There is only one way to heaven and that is faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to blow your mind right now. How many ways are there to hell? Only one. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now sin will break our relationship with God. It makes it hard for us to hear Him and understand Him. And what does He want us to do and everything like that. But make no mistake about it. Christianity is not about walking around being nice to each other. Christianity is about a ride with Christ. And He gives us the power to pray to Him and He will do anything that we ask in His name for His purposes. He will do it. He offers us a childlike faith. How many of us would just love to go back and be able to live like a child again with no worries and no stress? And how many of us, how many of us need to get back up today? You know that thing that's been knocking you down? All you have to do is ask God, and He'll lift you up off your, by your belt loop. He will lift you back up. He will give you the strength to go on. True power of God is not in what we can do on our own, but what we allow Him to do through us. The mesquite thorns of this world will swell you up and cause you pain, but with God's power in you, you can overcome anything. And even when the great death comes for every one of us, we will be able to get back up and step into that glorious pasture. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you so much for the cowboys and cowgirls that are here, sitting here.
and listening and watching on the internet. God, I, you've got a plan for them. They are not here by accident. They might have come for, for some other reason. They came with a friend or they just, they, they didn't know. But God, my prayer this morning was that those that weren't sure whether or not they were going to come or listen or log on, God, I asked you to flip that switch and have them come on so that you could hear, they could hear your message today. God, help us all to go where You would have us go, to do what You would have us do, and to most importantly, be who You called us to be. And that is a child of Yours. God, we know that, we hear, that You hear our prayers. We know that that childlike faith is available to each and every one of us. And God, we understand now that no matter what we're going through right now, that we have the power through You to stand back up. And it's in Your name that we pray. Amen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't shut that thing off yet. I, I got some news that'll get you pumped back up if you'll lend me your ear for just a sec. Remember this, www.savethecowboy.com. You can go there 24-7 and watch these sermons or catch up. No, not the kind you put on your fries. You can catch up on any messages that you've missed. You can do a lot of other stuff there as well, like make a donation to help us reach more people or just find out more about who we are. But here's the main thing. We'd like to start a Save the Cowboy in your area. We're looking for cowboys and cowgirls like you to help us do that. So just go to www.savethecowboy.com and contact us to find some more information, and I will personally call you back. Looking forward to hearing from you, amigos. This program was brought to you in part by Jim and Kelly Gerald of Integrity Auto Repair. Give them a call and tell them that you appreciate it. And if you're ever near Kiowa, Colorado and you need something, Integrity Auto Repair is exactly where you need to go.